0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Blair White Project. Yet another episode of the podcast is upon us like the sun rising again, girl, because she has risen. So <laughs> I'm in a weird mood today, full disclosure. I feel like I open a lot of podcasts like that, but it's very much true today. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. This this is going to be a very much pride-focused episode because what a train wreck, boat wreck, plane wreck. Shuttle wreck. Like what other form of hot air balloon wreck, girl? Everything has wrecked Uh, with Pride 2023. And it's been a huge embarrassment so far. And I think it's been very harmful towards LGBT people. So we're going to get into that. Also later in the podcast is a conversation with leftist streamer Destiny, who I also had a conversation with on my main channel. And a lot of people are... uh, find that conversation very productive, and they really like that video, so I'm going to link that in the description. Go watch that new main channel video if you haven't with Destiny. It was a debate. I put debate in quotation marks just because it ended up being more of like a healthy conversation, which was surprising. I thought he was going to go in on me like he has in the past, but he didn't. Uh, so go check that out if you haven't seen it. But first, we have some people to drag. Trans influencer Rose Montoya banned from the White House after going topless at Pride event. Rose Montoya is a TikToker who has made several videos about me and how I'm a bad representation of trans people. Blair White is another one of those ultra privileged trans people that I will never understand because she hasn't struggled like most of us trans people have struggled, and so she just doesn't fully understand. Um, she has a lot of really problematic views, and why I think she's worse than Caitlyn Jenner is because she spreads misinformation, like literally fake news. But she also, you know, just has like really strong opinions that are very transphobic, that are very problematic, that are very racist that are very ableist and that are very classist and I you know think that she's the worst representation of what a trans person can be how I make the trans community look bad and look at this congratulations Rose on your full story arc of saying that Blair white is a bad representation of trans people and you are officially the first trans person banned from the White House in history during the most pro LGBT administration in history my, how the tables turn. So let's just watch the video in general that is going viral and making headlines and that got her banned.
1: Welcome to the White House. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Can we take a little video? Oh, yeah. Hi, Mr. Hello. President. Hi,
0: it is an honor. Trans rights human rights. Are we top this at the White House? The You're You're the
1: the 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 the
0: Disgusting. What an embarrassment you are to trans people and to America. I say America because I would have loved to believe five minutes ago before seeing this, that we as a country were above someone taking their tits out at the White House. How humiliating for you, first of all. I mean, I think you might actually be the most embarrassing trans person I have ever seen in my life. And I am putting you above like every cringe TikToker I've ever reacted to on my podcast, my main channel, or even just scrolled past and been like, "You, you are actually the worst. Because you had an opportunity, Rose Montoya, to be that better representation that you said Blair White wasn't and to conduct yourself with dignity, class, grace, respect at the White House And represent not only yourself but trans people and to show that trans people deserve respect because you're holding yourself with respect and you not only fumbled that bag you fumbled it spit on it buried it and you're proud of it is that harsh of course it is and that's why i said it because i i I can't even believe how disgusting this is like i said you're the first trans person banned from the White House and you were banned from the White House during the most pro-LGBT administration in history. That is your legacy. That is your legacy. So while you were so, you know, on your high horse about how Blair White is just so toxic and Blair White is such a bad representation of trans people, look at you. embarrassing, disgusting, beneath the dignity of the White House, regardless of who's in office, by the way. Like, do I love Joe Biden? Of course not. Am I a fan of Joe Biden? Of course not. Do I think that he's the president and that you're at the White House and that deserves respect regardless of your political positions at all? Of course. Embarrassing. And this type of thing, all it does is turn people against trans people. You know, it would have been an amazing look, Rose Montoya. You disaster. For you to show up at the White House, use that invite that you got because of your platform where you supposedly teach respect for trans people and behave respectfully. And the other gag is that apparently there were kids present. So you're (laughs) whipping it out in front of kids. And that is just an amazing thing to do in light of all the groomer discourse, right? Perfect timing during Pride Month. Embarrassing. You're tragic. You're busted. You're crusted. You're disgusted. And you will never live this down. I don't care how mean I sound. I'm being real. I hate it. Rose made a response video to people and of course played the victim because what other card could she pull so let's watch that
1: it has recently come to my attention that conservatives are trying to use the video of me topless at the white house to try to call the community groomers etc and i would just like to say that first of all going topless in washington dc is legal And I fully support the movement in freeing the nipple because why is my chest now deemed inappropriate or illegal when I show it off? However, before coming out as trans, it was...
0: I'm going to lose my mind. You got naked at the White House in the vicinity of the president and children and the message you're taking out of all the backlash you're getting is you support free the nipple even if you support that cuz like i i don't i don't support necessarily that message like i but i can get my head behind i can wrap my head around people who are like you know nipple shouldn't be censored regardless of gender i can wrap my head around it even if i disagree with it right it's not like it's that crazy of an argument however That is not the point of what's happening. You disaster. The point is you, first of all, doing it in front of kids. So you being called a groomer is it that crazy of a thing for people to call you? I I would assume people who strip in front of kids would probably get that adjective launched at them, that label. And is it that far up? I don't know. You decide. However, to pretend as if people that think you're disgusting are not completely justified in thinking that is pretty wild. What an embarrassment. What a horrible representation of trans people. And what a what an opportunity you flushed on the toilet to be a narcissistic pervert, really. I mean, it's perverted behavior. It's, it's, it's very perverted. But again... Blair White's the problem, right? Blair White's the bad look for the trans community, according to Rose. So you have fun with that. Nice legacy you have there for yourself. Uh, moving on to more pride nonsense. A lot of you guys might have heard that the uh, there's some Call of Duty drama. Dipping into my uh, straight man bag right now. <laughs> so there's some Call of Duty drama surrounding surrounding pride. They removed uh, Nick Merce, Mick, is it Nick Merx or Nick Merce? Merce, Merx, Nick Merx operator skin from their shop after LGBTQ comments. He reacted to a protest where parents are protesting gender ideology being taught in schools, and he agreed with the protest and said the words, just leave kids out of it. And that was enough for Call of Duty to try to cancel him. But what's so funny about that? is, of course, these corporations that partake in, you know, rainbow capitalism for the month of June never actually stand behind their principles, right? They'll be quick to cancel someone and throw someone under the bus who's easy. But what they won't do is actually stand behind what they purport to believe in. Because as I tweeted, and this tweet went uh, pretty viral, 3 million views, Call of Duty before canceling Nick Marks for being anti-LGBTQ censored the pride flag in the Middle East version of the game. And here you have a screenshot of the exact same thing happening in both of these versions of the game. But of course, the American version has the pride flag and the Middle Eastern version does not because that's not so profitable in the Middle East because they only support LGBT people based on profitability. How people don't see through that is amazing to me. Uh... How about Call of Duty, if you actually gave a singular shit about LGBT people, stand on that where it counts, right? Because those are the countries where it actually counts. Those are the countries where people are really being used, abused. Human rights violations are occurring. Horrible things are happening to people. I get emails on a regular basis, not going to be dramatic and say on an hourly, daily basis because it is a little more rare. However, I am consistently hearing from people who live in the Middle East who are LGBTQ or just aren't – or just a little bit, you know, different or perceived to be LGBTQ because it's like a witch hunt in those countries in many cases. If you have a little bit of feminine tendencies as a man, you have to be just as fearful as the actual gay man in these countries. These are the countries where it actually counts. People are actually being – discriminated against isn't even the word it's used and abused right having their human rights violated on a legal humanitarian level like bad so guess what we don't need in america is more shoving of the pride flag on everyone's throats guess where we might need a little bit of pride flag showing up the middle east so While you are canceling creators for for saying leave kids alone, I mean, wow, (laughs) I often say you are what you answer to. If you hear someone say something anti-pedo, anti-groomer, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm taking that personally. Oh, my God, I'm taking that as anti-gay or anti-trans. What are you saying about gay and trans people? What are you saying about yourself if you find that personally offensive? Because when I hear people talking to anti-groomer shit, I'm not like in my feelings talking about, oh, my God. All this transphobia. What? Literally what? Like, (laughs) it's just insane to me. You know it's bad when we're at a place where the phrase leave children out of it or leave children alone is seen as hateful. And I think I tweeted this verbatim. When in reality, that's a phrase that literally only marginalizes people and behaviors that deserve to be marginalized. What is the issue with that? You should leave kids alone. Kids should be left alone. And to find something anti-LGBT in that, I mean, what do you you think about LGBT people? I know they're adding, you know, every letter. But as far as I know, the P is not in there yet. Maybe it is for pansexual. I don't fucking know. But you get my point. That group isn't actually in there, no matter how hard they're trying. They're not there yet. So let's not act like they are. Let's not set the bed for them, right? You're making the bed for them to come on in. You're literally including them when you get offended about anti-pedo statements and call it anti-LGBT. We don't claim that. We don't claim that. So how about you stop trying to make us claim that? Thank you. Uh, So yeah, these brands make a stand where it counts. Because if you haven't noticed all these social progress, like the path to getting gay marriage legalized, which was like the actual thing that we all should have been should have been over at that, right? First of all, none of that included corporations. They didn't put support behind that movement until it was already won. And now, now that gay marriage is legalized, now that LGBT people have every, you know, legal equality in the book, now the corporations want to come out and be like, pride, when it's safe, when you weren't involved in the fight at all, So if you want to stand on any principles, get involved in that fight in countries where it does count. Put that shit in Africa, girl. Put that shit in the Middle East. I saw some ignorant ass tweet the other day. I saw some tweet. Some person was like, you know, it's bad when trans people in the Middle East have more rights than in America. (laughs) What'd you say? Repeat that. Repeat it slow as if I'm a dog who doesn't understand English because I cannot believe that that is a sentiment that exists and is not that rare. Anyone who thinks LGBT people, specifically trans people will focus on trans, have more rights in the Middle East, you are not only uneducated, but you are actually so harmful with that disgusting rhetoric. What they refer to when they say that is the fact that in many Middle Eastern countries, being trans is viewed as a cure for being gay. And gay men are forced to surgically and medically transition to avoid prison and jail. If that reads as having more rights to you, what does the word more mean to you? And what do the word rights mean to you? Because I don't know if we're on the same page, baby girl, baby boy. Baby, we're not on the same page. And we're going to have to figure out, you know, a way to synchronize our language here so that we can communicate. Because I'm not the dog. You're the dog. And many of these, you know, trans people in the Middle East, of course there are real trans people in the Middle East, they're all over the world, but the trans people in the Middle East, many of them are actually, no, just gay men who are avoiding being killed or put in jail. And to pretend as if their existence after that is okay you transitioned so now you're safe from that you're still used and abused in many other ways these trans you know now they are trans women when they go from gay man to trans they are fetishized they are sexualized they are abused by men in that society they are treated horribly they don't live good lives after the transition they live miserable lives and so for you to put that out there while we're here in america arguing about pronouns in bathrooms And these people have to argue about how do I survive today? How do I not get thrown off a building? Right, right, right. Because the trans people in America are so privileged they can take these out at the White House and just get a ban. Do you think if a trans woman went to, I don't know what the uh, biggest government building in Saudi Arabia is, but let's say one of them went up there and took these out, do you think it would just be a little ban from the building or would it be way worse? Figure it out, dog. So that's that on that. So now you guys, it's it's like so when I said pride was a joke this year, I meant that. I said what I said, Nene leaks. I I said what I said. This this is a video out of uh LA, of course, a Pride event in LA. If you think Pride is for kids, let's watch. Wow. Wow. Loving the kids on the uh, side of the street hoping to just see some pretty rainbows. and Instead, they see a man's ass getting whipped. If you think pride is kid-friendly, a place for kids, uh, I don't think you should have kids. It is so ignorant to me that people take kids to pride because if you're going to even risk them seeing one fetish acted out on the street, one inappropriate thing on the street one example of nudity why would you subject them to even that risk so let's just say that this is something that's super rare and maybe happens like once at every pride there's one incident like this at every pride that would be very forgiving right that would be very um that would be low-balling it to say that this is rare and happens only like once at every pride happens throughout the events all day and probably more and more throughout the day as people get more day drunk see events where people are Day drunk, horny, and doing that are not kid-friendly. I don't care how mesmerized you are by the pretty rainbows, Karen. Right? With your lived out, woke white woman, big gushing heart. Not for kids. You don't take kids to pride and if you do it's a problem. For me, I mean I listen, everyone's different and I don't have kids, so I'm not I, I I don't like telling parents what to do, but I'm pretty confident in this area to tell them not to do that. Because why would you? Like what part of teaching children to be accepting of gay people or trans people or whatever because they are going to come across them in the world has to do with taking them to that? And don't say it's cherry-picking because these videos come out every year of Pride. If it was cherry-picking, we'd be pulling up the same video from 2008 where there was something inappropriate. All over Twitter is just viral video after viral video of this horrific shit happening at Pride events. And Karen's there with her kids. Karen's there with her kids. You know who's not there is Darren. The father's not there ever, right? Just making an observation. Just an observation. It's always Karen, never Darren. I guess it's sometimes Darren and Darren, but never Karen's Darren. You know what I'm saying? Here's another one. Wow. Look at that, just graceful disgraceful. You know, the older I get, the more I understand, like, why people just go off into the sunset, get some land. doesn't even got to be a nice house. Just get me some land, girl. And let me just hide from the world. Let me be in my own little bubble because, wow. I think that people who want to show their kinks or that want to celebrate their kinks should really have their own parade for that. Because you have Pride, which is this corporatized event that has like Starbucks and CNN and Walmart and Target and Walgreens and, you know, Samsung and AT&T, all of these huge corporations backing it. If you look at the corporations that fund pride, it's every corporation is giving something to pride, right? If you really want it to be this like corporate, sterile, like family-friendly thing, then keep this shit out of it. And if you're at pride and you see this, push back on these people. Be like, dude, there's kids here. Why are you in your puppy gear? Why are you even into puppy gear? Since now you put it on the table, now we can judge why you're into it at all, right? I wouldn't even second guess why you're into it, I wouldn't have thought much about it. But now that you're on the street at 3 p.m. in God's bright daylight, now I'm going to question why you're even into that when you could have just been in your own lane. But when you come into God's daylight at 3 p.m., girl, it becomes an issue. I just can't. It's like It's a nightmare. Listen, my thoughts on pride are this. Long since gone are the days where pride was necessary. And it's like a snake eating its own body, right? Because now people could definitely make the argument that it is necessary because now there is definitely more anti-LGBTQ sentiment than I've actually ever seen in my life right now. I'm not saying that means hate crimes are up. I don't think that's actually manifesting, but in terms of like hostility and people feeling a way about LGBT people, it's definitely at an all-time fever pitch. So I guess the lib could make the argument that it's more necessary than ever. However, I personally believe that the best possible thing that could happen for the LGBT community and acceptance in general right now is for everyone to shut the fuck up for a while. To stop showing their asses, figuratively and literally. Stop going to the White House and embarrassing yourself. Stop going on the streets at 3 p.m. in God's daylight. And embarrassing yourself and embarrassing. What people don't understand is you are representing, whether you like it or not, a group of people. I don't care if you don't think you are. I don't care if that's not what you're, you are you want to do. You're doing it. And it's causing a lot of backlash. And Pride this year is just embarrassing. I've never felt comfortable at Pride. I've always felt like, you know, I'm trans. What part of that has to do with me going on the street and looking at grown men whipping each other and doing like fetish stuff on the street? Those two things don't connect to me. Universe one, universe two, and they don't collide. So I don't get it. I'm fully okay with things I don't get, but I'm not okay with how extreme a lot of the antics are this year. And I'm sure I'll get accused of cherry picking, but like when it's video after video every single year, is that really cherry picking? When there's people at the White House taking their tops off, is that cherry picking or is that just like something that's really happening at the White House like right now? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what? So... I mean, I don't even like the concept of, like, pride. It it puts a weird taste in my mouth in, in terms of, like, what is there to, like, be proud of being gay or trans? It's not an accomplishment. I know that's a cliche thing to say. It's like an old boomer thing to say, like, it's not an accomplishment. But, like, you know what? Sometimes, you know, age does bring wisdom. And the oldies are right. The older I get, I'm about to be 30. I'm granny training over here. And I'm starting to see that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's not an accomplishment. It's, it that doesn't mean you f- should feel shame. That doesn't mean you have to go to the opposite direction. Doesn't mean that you have to be embarrassed about it, that you have to hide it, that you have to think it's bad. But like pride is clearly taking us in a different direction. So maybe we should just focus on neutrality. Be like LGBT people are just people and it's not something prideful or shameful. And I think that would work out a lot better than this Extreme version of what's happening. With that being said, happy pride. <laughs> uh I love you guys. This was this was a lot. But now on to the interview with the guest for this week's podcast, Mr. Destiny. Do you think any extent of like the groomer discourse is valid, like from um the rights perspective? Like, do you think any amount of that sort of like crusade that's happening? is is justified
1: the thing is i don't even know what the fuck "groomer" means anymore Um, what groomer used to mean was a groomer is a person that abuses a position of power. Usually it's around children. And what they do is they gain the trust of a child in a non-sexual setting. And then they eventually flip that into a sexual relationship in the future. So it doesn't have to be a child. It could be that you're a 27 year old and you're tutoring like a 19 year old in college. And that's all you are as a tutor. You invite them to your house. Then one day you have drinks and you use that position of kind of power to fight, right? Or oftentimes it's with children nowadays, when, when conservatives say groomer, I don't know if they just mean like just exposing kids to like LGBT stuff. Like if I teach my son that like gay people or trans people are real, does that make me like a groomer? Um, I'm not sure. If, if I take them at like the best interpretation of it, it's the idea that you're trying to make LGBT ideology so pervasive among the youth that some of them begin to identify that way, even though they wouldn't have otherwise. But that's like such a nebulous concept that it's hard to even know. Um, it, it's, it's caused us to revisit <laughs> I, have a whole, I have a whole theory of this really it, it's caused us to revisit like educating our children what they're supposed to learn i'm fully of the opinion with no scientific data whatsoever but what i feel what happened was during the COVID movement i think that, that was the first time in a lot of parents lives that they actually fucking looked at what their kids were doing for schoolwork. yeah and that's when they were like wait a second i don't like any of this this is horrible and now there's like this unprecedented scrutiny on every fucking kid's book ever mm-hmm. where i was like yeah and and again it's also like a thing where it's so funny to see conservatives say this because like I remember growing up in school, there were so many like defining moments, and not defining moments, but they're just like funny moments. Like we all had, or I don't know if this is true for everybody. Maybe I'm self-reporting it, but we all had like a creepy teacher um, that was like a little bit too handsy with some of the girls. It was kind of weird. Uh, We all had like that moment. We were reading Huckleberry Finn. And it's like, who's going to be called upon to read the N-word passage? Um, We all had the moments where there's just like, like books that we had to read that had some weird shit in them or whatever. But, like, you know, you read it, you got through it, it was whatever, it was school. But now there's like this hyper scrutiny on every fucking thing. So it's funny because, like, in some ways, conservatives will attack people on the left for being like snowflakes. And I largely agree with that. But conservatives are also largely snowflakes but they'll be like, there's a book in the library where there's like a sex scene in the book. And it's like, bro, kids are finding porn when they're like 11 years old now. Okay. And you probably don't even monitor any of your kids' fucking internet usage anyway. And their fucking dads are probably jerking off the porn. Like, is this really the hill you're going to die on is saying that, like, all of these books in high school libraries, or is it like ninety nine percent of the kids aren't even checking out. Are like what's rotting the the children's youth? Uh, like again, I, I feel like all of these things are like people don't actually feel strongly about the concepts. They're just battlegrounds that they can use to wage their like ideological conservatism versus progressivism wars. And schools are just like the new battleground for it. And then LGBT becomes like another conduit to fight through with it. But I don't know. It's...
0: I think the biggest problem in the schools is the fact that um, teachers feel not even just feel they're given curriculum with this, like they are actually teaching gender ideology as part of the curriculum. That's like a big problem for me because so much of that, like we said, the science just isn't there. Uh And also so much of that is contested even among like the trans community, but yet the far leftist view on gender ideology is what's taught in schools. It's like, I had my nephew call me a few months ago and he was like, you will never believe and he's uh, in eighth grade, and he's like, You would never believe what they even had in the class today. And I'm like, what happened? And he's like, they basically just gave us a huge like list of gender identities that we had to select, and it was like over 50, and it had things that were completely nebulous, completely ridiculous, like demi boy, demi girl, like all this shit. And it's like when most of actual trans people don't even think that's real, why the fuck is that being taught in school to kids? And then why are there just these therapists on standby within these public schools that are ready to, when one of these kids who's given these, this piece of paper with all these gender identities is ready to like affirm whichever one and explain to them how to go on a process of going to Planned Parenthood and getting hormones, whatever the fuck. It's like, So I understand when conservatives are like, it's being pushed on kids because in many ways it absolutely is. And I think there's a difference between pushing it on kids and just creating an overall environment that's like... We accept people for who they are, but we don't have to put thoughts in kids' heads because a lot of the thoughts they put in the kids' heads are very contradictory and don't make sense. It's like, you're a boy or you're a girl if you like pink. That's that's literally the extent of, like, the fucking intellectual exploration that a lot of these, like, people have with what, what trans is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like, I'd be curious how many schools that actually happens, and I'm sure it is happening in some, in which case I would say that's probably too far um i mean that I, was in I, california sure okay <laughs> california yeah i mean it's the biggest um,
0: fucking state most populous state you
1: know? oh no oh, i was just because it's, it's fucking california so of course yeah um yeah. it would be california yeah um i think the society is changing really really fast like you know we we can draw these graphs like technologically how things have like stacked you know like every five years it seems like society is unimaginably changing it feels like socially that is probably true as well and i can understand a lot of parents being kind of scared at where society is going i do think that people have a really hard time showing empathy towards parents and the idea of losing control of your kid in school is also really scary as well like I'm if, if, if this is going up on your YouTube channel, I'm more progressive than like 99% of your audience, I would imagine. But like, if I and I can be empathetic towards the idea that like kids are having problems with their parents, and they want to talk to the school about it. Um, and maybe the maybe in some cases, the school shouldn't contact the parents, if there's like abuse happening or whatever. But like, if I if I found out that my kid was going by like different pronouns in school and was like talking to a therapist about that and I was never contacted, I would pull that kid from that school and he would my, Nathan would never go back. I, yeah. I would actually lose my fucking mind. I'd be like, How, this is arguably one of the most important things regarding my child, and I'm not in the loop at all about mm-hmm. this. Like, that's not happening. Like, my kid is never going back to the school. I'm sorry, we're going somewhere else. I'll buy another house if I've got a and those school. are districts. the
0: guidelines in so many states, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that's just the those are the rules, and you can mm-hmm. lose your job if you do not follow that protocol.
1: Yeah. So there has to be like there. There has to be like more. And I. I truly feel this way as cocked as the position is. You have to be able to approach these conversations with more empathy, so that people feel heard. Um, because like there, there are empathetic approaches to all of this that can even lead us to uncomfortable places. Like I said before, like I'm fully willing to admit, like if if I found out after like two months that the school was doing an investigation with my kid because they were worried about abuse, and I find out at the end of that that well, he shows up to school sometimes with weird marks on him or whatever, um, I might be irritated, but it's like okay, I like I understand right? Sure. If my kid has like weird marks on him you think we're f- whatever. It's irritating to me, but sure, I get it, you know? Um, but th- it has to come from like an empathetic place where you have to understand the ask you're making of parents to allow these policies are fucking huge. You know, and to some extent, like schools are the largest educators and babysitters and-, and safeguards of our children. They spend more time with children collectively than like any single babysitter, any single family member will, you know, as soon as that kid turns four or five or six, depending if they go to pre-K or not, like, yeah, yeah, there's it's just, it's so much. And if you feel like your school is passing, like, socially speaking, there are some things, there are some things that I'm comfortable saying, if you don't like it, fuck you, we're leaving you in the dust, okay? It's okay to teach your, to teach kids in schools, for instance, like, gay people are real and they exist, okay? At least by, like, fourth or fifth grade. If you can't handle that, fuck you. But, like, the idea that, like, we're going to start doing, like, the whole trans discourse and the pronouns yeah. and everything— it's probably too much. Socially, we're definitely not all there yet. This is a hugely contentious issue, even among Democrats, even mm-hmm. among trans people, as you said, these are contentious issues. So to be teaching these things to kids in grade school at all, that's, that's too big of an ask. You're lacking in empathy there, I think, for the parents, if you think that you can pass a policy like that and expect everyone to be okay with it.
0: So do you think that the onus is on the Democrats to just fucking drop that? Like, how do we fix that? Cause I mean, I mean, I fucking agree. And it's crazy that we agree on so much when you and I, it's like, I would imagine that if someone were to put us both in like some kind of like meme of, of like a political compass, they would put us like so far apart, but we're finding so much common ground on this, which I'm happy about. But so what is like the solution to that then? Just, do they just drop it? Do they moderate it?
1: I I feel like the solution is the, the strength of your conviction has to match with the position that you hold. So for instance, when it comes to trans healthcare for adults, I have a lot of conviction there, and I think I would fight a lot on those grounds. We should fight against that legislatively, fight against people trying to take those rights away legislatively. That's a really big ground to fight on. When it comes to instance for children, I would like to be able to provide the best healthcare with children possible, including trans healthcare, but you have to acknowledge that there is a limited amount of research here, and that these are areas that are still highly contentious, uh, even medically, so that should probably be reserved for like a research environment. So you scale back the conviction there. Um, When it comes to teaching stuff to kids in school, bro, we already, there's so much shit we need to learn already that we don't, okay? How the fuck do you do laundry? How the fuck do you do your taxes? Okay, like, maybe we should work on that stuff before, like, yeah. breaking out, like, LGBT, IQAA, two-spirit fucking ideology to kids in seventh grade. You know, maybe they don't need that type of education yet. Like, yeah, just find the places. The places where we have the most agreement and the most evidence available, those are where your conviction should be the strongest, and the majority of your time should be spent fighting for areas mm-hmm. that are more contentious, especially if they're hurting your main areas, you probably, you either drop those, put them on the back burner or you have very careful measured fights there right trans athletes should not be an issue where we're willing to die when i say we i mean us progressives we shouldn't be willing to die on the hill of eliminating women's sports that's fucking insane shouldn't be dying on the hill of like srs for minors that's insane it's mm-hmm. very easy to give those away they affect such a slight minority of even the trans population and these battles are doing big harm to the broader populations that you're trying to protect so that's what i would say yeah find the areas with the most research the most conviction or find the areas of the most research the most cohesion and then put all your conviction there fight there and then for the more nebulous out of their topics like let them whatever you know yeah
0: absolutely because i think that the hysteria just hurts everyone it's like mm-hmm. acting like everything is of equal importance is just fucking insane and just yeah. fucks everyone up. Um. All right. We've, we've gone here for an hour and 20 minutes. This has been a great conversation, but um, yeah, I'll I guess I'll end with this. Like why the fuck are you and I posed as like so different when we were able to fight this much common ground? Does this mean that like you're moving right or I'm moving left or are we just normal fucking people? Like, what is that?
1: There is, um, one of the wisest quotes of all time comes from that fucking, do you ever see the movie Men in Black?
0: Uh, maybe when I was like really little. I don't
1: there's know. There's a, there's a moment where Jay and Kay are sitting on the bench and, um, I think Jay says to Kay, he's like, uh, he's, he's like, uh, well, why don't you reveal aliens and tell the whole human planet that they exist? And, um, Kay responds back. Oh, cause Jay says, cause people are smart, like they'll be okay. And Kay responds back and he says, a person is smart, but people are stupid. And I think what happens is and I find this so many times. And I'm sure you find this too. If you can sit a person down, you can talk to a person one-on-one, and then you can show a lot of empathy and understanding of their position. I think you can make a lot of progress towards reconciling the differences that you have ideologically and politically. But when people start getting into groups, there's a whole bunch of really horrible yeah. things that happen to how your mind processes things, right? Like if I'm on my own, I can play like a PlayStation and I can play an Xbox. But as soon as I join a group of people where we're all like play PlayStation, well, the Xbox guys are like the biggest fucking shitter losers in the history of all of mankind. So, yeah, I I think that the things that and this is annoying because it's going to happen over and over again is you can have a decent conversation with a person one on one. But as soon as people get into like these larger groups, like the battles just continue to wage on. And it's really hard for people to step outside of that group mindset It's like, okay, well, hold on. Maybe it's not fair that I'm defining the entirety of my opposition to this one video that I saw on libs of TikTok. Um, And then similarly, you know, for people on the left, maybe it's not okay to define the entire conservative movement based on this one tweet that I saw from Michael Knowles or this Alex Jones clip. But, um, man, when you're in those groups, there is very little reward thinking that way and oftentimes yeah. there's actually a lot of punishment for thinking that way like if i'm in a group of progressives and i say like you know maybe this particular statement that matt walsh made isn't that horrible right you're gonna get excommunicated oh, fucking over it yeah um but then also but there's a lot of reward for you, you get a lot of social reward for like look at these fucking losers look at this fucking morning mm-hmm. look at this look at this Look at this. so yeah the, the social rewards and everything the internet's way of like monetizing this and 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 advertising this like yeah the the, the group mentality i think is what fucks a lot of these conversations up hardcore
0: absolutely i mean the fact that there is inevitably going to be a large amount of people on the internet that once they even see like the thumbnail for this or people talking about this they're going to be like why the fuck is blair platforming him or him platforming blair like that is such a fucking problem like Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest problems right is that like this is a rational discussion and it's going to be treated as if there was harm done by having it so i hate that
1: sure yeah um
0: all right, I know that you said that uh, we can cut this out. You had, like, sent a message with, like, a couple things that you wanted to, like, question me on. So I wanted to, like, if you still have those in mind, we can do that, or we can do an outro. It's up to you.
1: Um, um, I, I I. think my questions, I think, were generally answered. I guess, like, my my kind of general question is, um, have you ever heard of the, I think it's called, like, the Gelman Amnesia Effect or something? The gentleman
0: um, amnesia effect. No,
1: fuck me, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I think yeah. gentleman amnesia. So basically, what'll happen is, is you're reading a newspaper. Um, you flip through the pages, you believe everything you see, and then let's say you're a mechanical engineer. On page six, you read something about an engineering process, and you're like, wait, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read in my life. I don't, they, I don't. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And then you turn the page, and it's not in your area of expertise, and now you believe everything again. Right. So it's okay. like the idea that, like, you might listen to somebody, but when they stumble into an area of expertise, you're like, wait a second, I don't trust anything this person's saying. But then you seem to forget that when they're talking about things that are outside of your area of expertise. Right. I mean, gotcha. right. Do you, um, I'm curious for you, this is kind of loaded against you and conservatives. I don't mean it that way, but it's just, That's if you right. have a yeah. If I'm anything,
0: curious. ask me something spicy so we can click the clickbait this as like a heated debate or something. Sure, you know yeah.
1: How it works. Do, so, <laughs> Being trans gives you a unique perspective on trans issues and social issues among like conservatives and Republicans. Do you ever see the way that they treat trans people and trans discourse and then pause and wonder, well, fuck, if they treat trans people this way, maybe um, I've missed as a result of being part of this group, like things they might say about like fucking feminists or minorities or whatever. Like, does that ever make you wonder in terms of like the overall view of the party and other topics that don't directly involve like your lifestyle?
0: You mean, so I observe the way in which they can be nasty about trans people. Do you think that I maybe don't see when they are nasty about other of people? Mm -hmm. Um, That's probably true. You know, I probably, you know, we all have our own biases and I probably give some people, you know, I'm not even going to say probably. I absolutely have in the history of um, this, you know, seven, eight year career I've had, I've absolutely been guilty of giving people way too much. uh, What's the word? leeway I guess mm-hmm. um in assuming the best of people that really were bad right so like mm-hmm. I would say like maybe once or twice a year I find out something really horrible about like another like right-wing commentator and I'm like oh this person was like the devil the entire fucking time fuck this person mm-hmm. um it's like oh this person is just going straight up anti-gay and like I know that they're actually gay in real life and that's a whole <laughs> secret Chasing yeah that's by the way libs are correct when they talk about that Libs are absolutely correct when they talk about how so many people on the political right that are like commentators are secretly gay. The amount of like gay motherfucker anyway
1: yeah nothing um, black pills you more on like the rumor mill and shit whenever a political topic and i'm sure you know this because you're friends with so many people whenever like a topic blows up and you see like all the the really conspiratorial like conservatives especially like the fuentes is the myelinopolis like how they'll start talking about like, oh well this is really what's going on behind the scenes and you're like wait i know everything that's going on. none of this is true you're making up all of this and then you wonder like how much shit do you read where people are just totally speculating on shit that they know nothing about like because like Absolutely. the two things people love the most, people love gossiping, okay, about shit that they know about. People really love gossiping about shit that they know nothing about. Like yeah. we'll like, say the most random shit. Yeah. It happens on the left too, to be fair. Yeah. But
0: yeah. And and there's there's those moments all the time for me. Like the uh Kanye shit was like an eye-opener on several things. It's like there were there are a bunch of people who are I'm like, Oh, wow. So I thought that this level of anti-Semitism was largely dead and gone by twenty twenty three on the political right. And oh, wow, it's not. Same thing with after the, you know, Nashville tragedy. Um, you know, I was like, Oh, wow. A lot of people that I thought had more, you know, rational or like grounded opinions on trans shit are actually they've just been waiting for an opportunity to be like, "Fuck all these people, eradicate transgenderism.'m i mm-hmm. not speaking specifically of Michael Knowles because I've always known he was an asshole. but sure. um, yeah, but I also think that there's a um, a misconception that like i and this is probably a misconception that a lot of people that watch you and that don't watch me or that are you know, more tuned to and people who hate me would think is that I feel like all these conservatives speaking of like famous commentators and stuff are like my, my friends or like good people. And it's like, I don't believe that for a fucking second. I am so closed off with who I see as a good person, let in, see as like a productive member of the conversation. But what's funny is there's a huge misconception by people on the left about who really is a bad person and who isn't a good person, whether or not you agree with them. Mm -hmm. So for example, like I'll post a picture with my friend, Alex Jones. And without without fail, those pictures of me and him always go viral and people are like, Blair's friends with someone who hates her. And there's been so many times where I've literally been so tempted to just post a screenshot of just like a text interaction between Alex and I where he's like, I love you. My wife loves you. You're such an amazing person, like gushing over me. If anything, he likes me a little too much. Um, But then other people that people think are um, maybe more soft core on social issues are actually like a lot more extremist and a lot more of an issue. Um, so it's always interesting to see like the disconnect that people have. And I'm sure the same would be um, me looking at people on the left. I might look at people that I feel are more extreme when in reality, they're more rational and vice yeah. versa.
1: I think that one of the hardest things for me learning, I think I've learned this a lot over the past, definitely like five, five or six years, uh, is decoupling people's political beliefs from if they're a good or bad person. Yeah. Because it seems like if you have a certain set of political beliefs, you must be of a certain type of moral character. And you're absolutely not. <laughs> and, oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. For a long if time, anything, i friend. Spent... Yeah, go ahead. I
0: was going to say, if anything, a lot of the times what I've learned is that people's purported political beliefs are often just um, them – what's the fucking word?
1: Compensating for or trying to mask masquer- compensating, by, you know.
0: overcompensating. There's another word for it, and it's like not even a fucking like niche word. I don't fucking know. It's like they are the exact opposite, if anything. Sure what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like the people that go the hardest on the anti-gay stuff on the right, it's like quite a few of them mm-hmm. are gay as fuck in real yeah. life.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's definitely been a hard and annoying thing. I I'm I'm glad I discovered this more because over the past um over the past like 5 or 6 years I've definitely seen on the left that a lot of these people are really shitty, they're very greedy, they don't they're not socialists they hoard their money et cetera, et cetera. they treat people like shit means to an end and all that um i'm glad that i started making more conservative friends so that i could find out that you guys are just as fucking horrible behind the scenes <laughs> that like everybody's doing cocaine everybody's trying to rape each other everybody's just like fucking insane shit and i'm like okay cool it's just everybody i because i because for a while i was always like fuck are all leftists like fucking evil and maybe conservatives are right oh, and then i make more conservative so friends yeah oh why because you have the opposite feeling sometimes you're like are all conservatives evil and the leftists are okay or
0: yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I, fi- I find myself surrounded by all these, like, horrific people yeah. in real life. And I'm like, not that I'm, like, fucking ever going to, like, switch up my political beliefs based on, like, the character of other people who also hold my positions. But are they as bad on the left? It's like.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, thing? I definitely went through that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. It's just like, I, the world of, fuck, there was a really good article. Oh, I wish I could remember who this was. It might have been in The Atlantic. I don't remember. But it basically talks about how, like, people that do politics are very queer when it comes to the average locus of belief in the United States. Like, they're way more politically yeah. engaged. Their beliefs are way off the norm. Like, they're like every part, like, if you choose to go into politics, you are self-selecting for a hyper-specific type of person that is not at all like a normal person. And it's, that's probably, like, doubly true of online politics. Like, it is the craziest, most insane fucking group of people compared to normal people. So you're going to find, like, insane and crazy people in this world, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, and, it, and it scales with, like, the more... I find success that they get it tends to scale and makes them like even fucking crazier. And it's, it's just not, it's not a world that I partake in in real life very much. You know, I I like to sort of like sit here in the comfortability of my house, turn my camera on. Hey, destiny, let's talk politics. And you know, Mm -hmm. not saying I wouldn't like get a drink with you or something in, if you're ever in town or something, but just in general, it's like, I like to keep a healthy barrier. And whereas, whereas I think, again, there's a misconception that I'm like buddy, buddy with like fucking Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh. And it's like, I would never fucking hang out with these people.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's that's a that's a really interesting one. Just this has nothing to do with politics on a personal level. I go through phases in my life where sometimes it's really cool. Um, If I like if I meet a girl on Tinder, I go hang out or whatever. It's cool to talk to somebody that's just like a total fucking normie. I'm like, tell me about your life. Like, what's going on? Like, this is like, oh, you know, like, I, there's weird shit going on at work. I've got stuff. With my friend, Okay, cool. That's interesting to listen, to listen to. Sometimes it's nice to feel that like just a little bit more grounded. But then other times I'll be talking to people. And it's like, fuck, like, you really have no idea. Like, how am I How am I supposed to explain to you that right now there's a Twitter thread blowing up where like 10,000 people have convinced themselves <laughs> that I'm a pedophile that wants to give child porn to like, yeah. you know, Like, fuckers. It's like, it's not, there's no real good way to make you understand that, you know, because it's, yeah. it's like our world is so fucking weird. Yeah. Or, you know, you'll say something. Yeah, so, you know, there's like, there's 17 Twitter threads and a live and a, or like a TikTok Reddit post is blowing up about me and they'll be like, oh, well, why don't you just like turn off your Twitter or whatever? And it's like, it's not really that easy, but like I know why you would think that, yeah. So it's it's very it's very strange trying to have your feet in like both worlds at the same time because everything is so fucking crazy. But sometimes you yeah. just want to feel a little that's more why, grounded.
0: Yeah, that's why I found it really important to find like one, maybe two people that are in that world that you've like vetted super heavily get to know them on like a really deep level and know they're actually a good person and mm-hmm. have them in your life so you can go to them so for example uh my best friend is michael malice i don't know if you know who he is but he's a sizable podcaster yeah in heard, sort yeah. Of, yeah same realm as me and like he's really my only legitimate friend in the space because a lot of reasons but he is so i go to him whereas mm-hmm. like most people like you said would never understand like well, actually I'm getting canceled for the 17th time and no matter how many times it happens and I remember that I'm always okay afterwards, I'm still wanting to jump off a fucking bridge and mm-hmm. people don't get that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, there's, um, yeah, something, something that is a little bit scary slash frustrating me is, um uh, kind of all in the same vein. We, I've spent like the past five years arguing and people constantly say Twitter's not real life. Twitter's not real life. Twitter's not real. Life. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Twitter is increasingly becoming real life. Oh like, Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, uh, I think it was like a week and a half ago, usually whenever I travel, I try, my son lives in Nebraska with his mom, so I try to travel up there anytime I'm going back to hang out with him. And he had some, they, they play like NFL flag football games or whatever. But like I'm sitting at the flag football game and I'm, you know, I'm with his mom, we're like hanging out, we're chatting, whatever. And I hear the people next to me, This we live in Omaha, Nebraska, okay? This is not California, it's not fucking Seattle, it's not Oregon, uh, Portland or whatever. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. And I hear the people next to me start talking about um, some fucking trans bill or whatever in like another state and I'm like fuck me I literally can never get away from these fucking issues like I like I'm literally sitting in grass right now why am I listening to this but um yeah for a long time there was always like listen at least it's just twitter it's not real life but I've noticed that like real life and twitter are merging significantly you know
0: I, dude I've had so many fucking moments like that I literally had one I was sitting in a sauna and I had my headphones in, uh, but there were some other people in the sauna and they were talking really loudly. And I just was like, let me fucking eavesdrop. So I just tapped my shit, muted my music, and I tune in. And the first word I hear, it's gonna sound like fucking bullshit, but the literal first word I hear is non binary. And they're oh, talking yeah. about like some comedian who's non binary. <laughs> and like, I'm like, that's like a thing. And I'm, I'm music going back on. I'm not fucking even dealing with this.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's like, yeah. And that's why. Oftentimes, I think people like to disregard sort of like those viral TikToks that, you know, maybe live the TikTok will post them and people find them representative of trans people or whatever. And people like, oh, it's just TikTok. It's like, OK, but that is a real person. And the people commenting on it are real and the people sharing it are real. And even if the majority of them are like terminally online, you'll never see them in real life. It's like it does at some point like affect real life, you know, so it, it mm-hmm. is real and fake at the same time. And it's emerging. Yeah. You're totally right. So, yeah. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow Destiny. I will put all his links down below, and I'll see you guys in the next video.